Welcome to the Nate Joshua Podcast. My name is Isaac Kamins. This is a bi-weekly podcast where my friend Jess O'Brien and I discuss internal martial arts, qigong, and meditation. Uh, this week we continue our discussion on Bagua Grandmaster Yin Fu. Uh, we take from Yin Yu Zhang's book. Uh, Yin Yu Zhang is Yin Fu's son. Uh, so we take a look at his book and uh, from that we look at his description of Bagua Zhang as a general art. And then he breaks down uh, the different practice methods by breaking it into the eight triagrams. So we talk a bit about that and how that relates to the physical body. And then finally, he looks at how Bagua Zhang, in his opinion, connects to the I Ching and Taoism. And in our Patreon episode this week, we continue our discussion on spiraling energy bodies. So I put a short clip of that at the end of the episode so you can see what that's all about. I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks for your support. Thanks for listening and take care of yourself. Now we'd like to take a look at one of the books published in the Yinfu tradition. This one is the A Concise Book of Bagua Palming by Yin Yuzong from 1932. And Yin Yuzong is the son of Yinfu, so it represents pretty direct connection to the teachings. It's written relatively late in 1932, which is a little later than Sun Ludong's books. This is maybe 15 years later. So our books about Bagua have been published at this point. So I wanted to fast forward to this little bit here. Um, Yin Yuzong says, Bagua palming works every part of the body with eight kinds of techniques that are analogous to each name of the trigrams. It differs from other boxing arts in many ways. In particular, the eight techniques entirely use palms rather than fists to strike. It exclusively uses the palm because the palm has a greater reach than the fist and adapts quicker. As for the method of practice, energy courses through the palm to create great power. So there's a few things in here. So he comes out straight up saying there's, you know, Bagua has eight types of techniques that are based on the trigrams. Um, that's pretty consistent with what uh, Sun Ludong and Chang Tinghua said previously that we talked about, right? So it does speak to a fairly deep connection between Bagua, the martial art, and the Bagua philosophical concepts drawn from Taoism, although he, he doesn't really use those meditation and alchemy metaphors right here. But clearly, uh, there's some connection there that, that is true for Yin Fu as well as Cheng Tinghua style. Um, and then he says he uses only palms rather than fists. Now, obviously, there are some fist techniques but it's true that Bagua is very palm oriented. Why, why is that? He says you use energy in your palms to generate great power. What do you like about palms? <laughs> Simplest piece of it is you don't hurt yourself if mm. you hit something hard. Less chance of breaking your fist. It's true. And so if you're doing it against somebody who's wearing a helmet or uh, armor, right? If you hit it with your fist, it's going to hurt your hand. If you hit it with a palm, it's going to move that thing that you're hitting um so that's one piece of it the other thing is the piece that he said about it adapting quicker because mm, it adapts quicker yeah in one sense even when you make a fist in bagua it doesn't stay a fist for very long it generally opens back up and becomes a palm again so it's it's this idea that a fist is just a palm that is coiled in before mm. it coils back out again um and so 
I think that's the main piece about it that it isn't as. Uh, and I I find that that palm can it seems to be more flexible, like he says, it adapts quicker. Like when you're when you're sparring, somehow using that palm shape allows me to twist my arm and make contact with different parts of my arm, and like it just it makes your whole arm move as a whole differently than a fist, where you're kind of aiming a fist like you would fire a slingshot. You'd throw out like a fist is like a rock. But whereas a palm, I don't know, it's more like it's, it gives your arm more of a snake feeling to it. So you can whip it a little more. I don't know. It also has more surfaces, right? Mm. So the idea that, you know, a fist essentially has a forward, a down, and maybe a back to it. But it doesn't really have much on the sides. And Right. So the idea. It sort of focuses your mind, too. It kind of makes you use the fist as it's as your thing rather than letting you be more creative with the other parts of your arms. Because I noticed even with boxing gloves on when I use Bagua techniques, even with boxing gloves on, it seems like I'm able to use my forearm and my wrist and my elbow and even shoulder more in contact with people. Like you're saying, there's more of that surface area somehow. Yeah. I mean, and palm is, is I think referring to more than just the actual palm of your hand. It's, mm, it's, right. It's I think referring to a type of movement, which is you know, where like a chuan is fist, right? Meaning, that you know, like when they say tai chi chuan or shingi chuan you're still using of palms and fists yeah, there's right? plenty of palm hits in there too but it but it's a but it's referring to a type of movement i think where jang meaning palm is referring to this sense of of in a sense kind of your whole arm yeah the bago um, people always say that you know the palm is the whole arm or the whole body right. sometimes so it's so it's it's yeah I think more the idea that it's everything as opposed to, like you said, like a bullet shooting out of right. a cannon or something. And the final thing he says, energy, obviously the word they're translating there is chi, courses through to the palm to generate great power. So there's again that there is always something in Bhagwajang. There is some chi and energy and something about your awareness that's involved above and beyond just your, your strength. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's one of those things it's like you're saying that it's being done with energy not force mm. and and you know some people will go into great deal great detail about how to do that others will just say that that's what you're supposed to do just do it either way and you got to do it kind of figure it out on your own i like how it generates great power it's not just for the sake of moving energy or whatever no it's generating great power and if it didn't do that you wouldn't bother yeah, well, there you go. The next paragraph says, while walking, Bagua travels around in a circle rather than along a straight path. If someone walks straight ahead for many miles, it may wear him out. But if he walks for a mere five or six minutes in a circle, he will surely become dizzy and mentally fatigued. For this reason alone, do not practice improperly. As the saying goes, what is habitual will become natural. Because Bagua palming possesses the skill of circle walking, whenever you encounter an opponent, you may whirl around him to find a gap and then seize the opportunity to attack. It is the same as in using an army. Relying only on frontal assaults will sometimes be effective, but can lead to terrible difficulties. Yeah. The enemy is sure to resist against it in one area, but will collapse in another and ultimately lose. So that's that sort of oblique angle effect that Bagua is always trying to get. Right. I mean, it's exactly what he said. Sometimes you'll come in straight, but a lot of times that doesn't work so you want to take an angle and come on the sides or from behind or 
somewhere like that. And I don't think you necessarily have to uh, whirl around 100%. There's just a sense that you're always trying to take an angle off to the side and set yourself up to, to hit their center from an angle they're not bracing against very well. Yeah, I mean, and that also fits with if you're yin guy a little guy like yin fu you don't want to be in one place mm. for very long you know you want to keep moving and not be a target and what it says here is find a gap and then seize the opportunity and gaps are something we we've often trained about whether mentally or physically how can you find that instant split second where someone loses their attention and you can enter into their space and take advantage of that yeah there's physical gaps there's mental gaps you know and, and i think that he's talking about both so he says here, furthermore, the posture while walking is comprehensively defensive. One palm is reached out at eyebrow level, able to defend the area between the head and the throat. The other palm is extended below the elbow of the front hand to guard your chest, and the palm can also guard your ribs, and the steps cover over your crotch to be able to guard your groin. Sunzi says, skilled warriors first put themselves into an invulnerable position and then wait for the enemy to reveal where he is vulnerable. So uh, there's there's the concept. You use those hands to cover yourself and then wait for the opponent to, to break or screw up or trip up in some way. Right. And I mean, that is the iconic posture of Bagua Zhang. It is that sort of single palm change posture where you're holding one hand in front of your face and one hand at your belly. And, mm -hmm. you know, so that's exactly what he's describing there. Yep. <laughs> so that, that's another. So I, I think that points to definitely something that Dong Aichuan must have taught to everybody that he taught was that guard posture and everyone does it slightly differently well, but it, everyone's got it i mean the the story i've heard is that that's what you know he learned from the Taoists in the monastery with some mm. kind of circle walking practice and so that right whatever it mixed with later on that was clearly part of it and that's i i think on so, you know like i said for some people it was just a physical activity to get you flexible and more grounded <clears throat> For other people, it would become almost a, you know, spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's, it seems like from day one, there's a lot of principles in common between everyone, but their reasons for practicing, <clears throat> even from the beginning were different. There were people in the palace who were learning just for physical health or spiritual interest. And there were others outside the palace who were learning for bodyguard training to, you know, so again, this book applies to all those people. Yeah, I mean, I guess my guess is most of the people that Dung Hai Chuan taught were there to learn how to do martial arts. Hmm. And, and same, but he was problem. teaching scholars and stuff and officials in the palace. Sure. They, they probably yeah, weren't hand to hand. Well, that, that's anymore. where I think that, you know, that that line about he taught stuff that wasn't Bagua Zhang. Uh, what I think that means is he taught things that weren't martial arts. Hmm. Um, they might have been circle walking, but they weren't necessarily right. for fighting purposes. Right, 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 right. And that brings us to today. The controversy continues where people are saying the circling is has nothing to do with the, you know, with the meditation. And there's people saying that's the most important thing. And, you know, but it's been going on since day one. Every, there's I'd, I'd posit that there's been multiple types of Vagua from, you know, the beginning. That's all part of it. I mean, I don't think I, personally, I think it's a fool's game to try to say what it is it's all of that it, it right it the whole thing of bagua is it's a container for whatever you want it to be mm -hmm. uh, but i don't know if you can say the same like there's a lot of martial arts that that aren't that way i think that's what what the challenge is because you know you were raised in this stuff but for a lot of us 
you know, learning maybe the Southern style, Southern Shaolin that I learned or something like that. How, you know, that it didn't necessarily a container for whatever you want it to be. It's physical fitness and no, street but, fighting. You know? Right. Like well, it, that's, that's why well, think, made a unique, weird martial art that just that's, got yeah, this exactly. edge to it. You know, that's the thing that makes Bagua weird interesting and people can't help but get interested in it and argue about it you know i think that that's the reason people are still interested in it is it's not like other martial arts Mm -hmm. it's not learn a bunch of techniques and a bunch of applications and get really good at them it's got this other level that takes you to doing things that seem completely unnatural at first but after a few years they start to become natural and they change you into something else and that's this you know morphing of your body and your energy and all that they're always talking about yeah i think i think he even says something in there about what is habitual will become natural right what you practice is what you become right and this idea that it first has to become a habit then it will become you know ingrained somehow yeah it transforms you and that's kind of the the what we've you know the jing chi shen kind mm. of development of going from sort of outside to inside to something else uh emptiness if you will and, and i think that just gets said in a lot of different ways but essentially that that's what a lot of, you know this stuff boils down to is you have to find that place first or along the way and that then sort of transforms you, your art into this kind of higher level of stuff, which is a personal choice. You don't have mm-hmm. to do that. Right. You could, you could just keep it as a fighting martial art mm-hmm. too. And that's what a lot of people that's did. That's just so, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at that level, it kind of becomes your own thing. And that's another unique aspect of Bagua. Once, once you've eaten it and absorbed it into your system, you've got to manifest it your own way. And it's not going to look just like everyone else. did some people out there do it real weird that compared to how you do it but it may be as perfectly legit it's just their personality becomes a part of it as well yeah and again it sort of has that thing built into it about individual people have a different way of doing things and bagua kind of has a structure that you're trying to work around but it also is okay with the idea of improvisation and doing things a little bit differently based on the situation mm-hmm. and i think that's the part about you know this sort of freedom of expression almost within it is it's not like you go completely off and make up your own thing but there is some wiggle room in there for oh i'm good at this all this particular type of movement already for Mm. example let's say you're really flexible right you're gonna probably put more low stances and high kicks into Mm. your bagua uh if you're not and you're more uh let's say internally like powerful right and really strong you're not gonna have a lot of high kicks and low stances but you'll have a lot of things where you're doing sort of you know fudging if you will right and so it just depends on what the person i think and people who then take what that person was doing mm-hmm. kind of you know, decide what it's going to be later on but yeah you know, I, I, again i just think trying to say bagua is this is a mistake it's kind of like saying jazz is this you can't really do it because 
there's a there's Kenny G and there's John Coltrane and those two things that they're saying a world of difference. It can both be jazz. So they're both, yeah, they're both you jazz, deal with but, that fact. Yeah, so. Hard as it is to swallow. Yeah. So I think there's, you know. So one last thing I wanted to pull from Yin Zong's book here. It says it was taught long ago that the human body matches the trigram. So here in Yin Fu style, they divide the eight trigrams into different concepts and teachings within that that relate to the body. So the first is heaven. Heaven connects three parts, palm, elbow, and shoulder. So the upper body is linked with heaven. Water fills within, energy sinking to the Dantian. Whereas mountain covers like a bowl, the roundness of the skull, like a bowl covering the head top. Thunder is an upright basin, meaning the human mouth, which is like a basin containing water. Wind cuts off below, meaning the legs, giving the sense that your steps are like you are walking on water fast as wind. Fire empties within. The hollowing of the chest makes the breathing smoother. Earth divides at six places, the shoulders, hips, and knees, demonstrating their interfunctionality. And finally, lake reduces, awa- reduces above by way of straightening the neck. The significance of Dwi, that of straightness, also applies to the upper body. So he's taking these, I mean, some of these are energetic and some of these are physical. It's a strange mix. Like the first one, heaven, obviously you're linking the palm, elbow, and shoulder. So that's the upper body. But then water is sinking to the Dantian. That's an energetic concept. Right. Well, I think essentially what you have is um, they seem to be sort of paired up, right? You have a physical one, then you have a inner one, right? So you have... The first one is about connecting your arm, you know, your shoulder and elbow and wrist, uh, or yeah, palm. And and that connection is kind of that's your initial sort of arm gotta connect to body so that when you do stuff, something happens. But then you have an internal thing of even though your arm is out there, you have to be able to relax and sink it into your dandian. Because when they say elixir field, that's the dandian, right? Um so that sort of gives you some oomph when that when that arm connects with somebody. You've got some basis there. A physical structure of your arm is out and it's not going to collapse and an internal sense of being sort of full and solid, right? Um, then you talk then the next one is talking about uh, the roundness of the skull. So like it's this cap over you. Right. And that's that's what we would sometimes refer to as wrapping or co, the sense of of things kind of cooking or coming into the body right um that there's like a a slight roundness to everything you're doing um again these are sort of similar to like the 16 part nagong these would be kind of half physical half energy maybe not half but right some some portion physical some portion energetic because right these are your guidelines for practice and the thing that you're doing is both physical and energetic. It's like you're manifesting all eight trigrams within your body in different ways. Because mountain and thunder, mountain is a bowl, upside down bowl placed down. And then thunder is a bowl pointing up. So they're, right. they so, clearly link together. So they make that container. Exactly. And a basin containing water. So I believe top you know, and that's, bottom. that Liu Tung Si Kwa is part of that, that the, the sense of wrapping and sinking into the Kwa. So between them, yeah. Between right. them, there's a sense of unifying by bringing rounded from above and rounded from below to kind of click together. But yeah, that's right. interesting. That's trippy stuff. We're talking about the skull there. And then wind, 
So that's pretty straightforward. Your steps are like you're walking on water fast as wind. So the wind idea is to let your legs be very free and swift. Right. And wind is also where you sort of separate top and bottom, hmm. right? It's the, you know, if you have heaven and earth and then you have wind is kind of what mixes those two. So this, that's the smooth in, mm. right the smooth palm that's recently, a smooth palm change right? in the school yeah um so but it, it's it's that piece about your steps are like walking on water fast as wind it's very much like this idea that you're not stuck in one place right mm. and then the, then the next one uh fire. talking about breathing fire right empties within and and that's the whole piece about i think the the or some piece of of the fire going up and coming you know getting the microcosmic orbit thing mm. and and how that opens up your chest and, and it refers to the breathing so there's this space right. inside your chest where the well, breath and can move the freely. microcosmic orbit is generally linked to breathing in some way mm-hmm. right uh yeah there's the, a connection there so so the next one earth is referring to the sh- the, the shoulders and the hips and the knees and quote demonstrating their interfunctionality so saying that these three parts are always connected right that you're you're when you're walking you're not disconnecting your shoulders from the the concept of six harmonies is one that often comes up in relation to those those joints all sort of linking together without overstretching away from each other yeah i think this is just like a spin on that if you will um and then the last one I would say that that last one is probably about taking the pressure off of your body. And, mm. and so that the, the lifting of your mm. neck takes the mm. pressure off your spine. Mm. That's a um, huge part of Bagua walking. If you're hunched over and crunched, that's right. going to mess everything up. You got to lift from above. And yeah, because that also, it says, you know, that that lifting has to keep your upper body straight. Right? So it so keeps your upper body straight rather than being slumped or whatever. So again, these are just uh, fairly quick, I would say, you know, like here's a quick list of things you can do when you practice. Um, I don't think it's meant to be super deep. It's just to kind of give people a, a, a starting point for what do you think about right. when you practice? Right. And he calls that out in the next paragraph saying, these were perhaps helpful hints that teachers would give to students for remembering things about the parts of the body. Um, but since the art is called Bagua Palming, an intimate relationship with the Book of Changes is inevitable. There you go. So, yeah, he's uh, he's calling out that sort of, yeah, it's connected to the Yi Jing on some level, but, you know, you kind of got to figure that out yourself. Right. And I think, again, that, that points to this thing that it's not a necessary piece of it to do mm. that. It's a optional piece. Right. But, it, but there is a there is a portion of it that is essentially unavoidable because that's what the whole thing is based on i mean it's called bagwas you got to deal with it on some yeah you don't have to go super deep into it like some people do but um you do have to acknowledge that it exists i think all right well that's it for now okay well sounds good man good talking to you all right Hey folks, uh, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, Here's a short clip, like I said, from our upcoming Patreon episode on the spiraling energy body. There's a link in the description to our Patreon page to get access to the entire interview and much more. So thanks for listening and take care of yourself. So bringing up the idea of 
of how each of the different postures in spiraling energy body are somewhat individuated. The teacher in a way kind of prescribes each one to each student individually. So I wanted to make a point that we've talked about a lot of the, there's five Nagong sets. Three of them are set up with exercises that are, that everyone does the same, but two of the sets spiraling energy body and bend the bow, shoot the arrow contain hundreds of possible variations and ideally the teacher or the therapist prescribes an individual movement from spiraling to the person and and that helps them achieve the energetic goal they're trying to reach so for people who are exploring those five sets when you're doing spiraling or you're doing bend the bow you're exploring it's like a pharmacy each of them has a million not a million but a lot of different possibilities for you to pick from this apothecary of different postures and different energetic qualities that you can assign to them. Whereas the other sets opening the energy gates, heaven and earth, gods in the clouds, those have a, a series of moves that are quite, quite well documented that everyone follows the same outward it's movements. It's like a medication. You have sort of over the counter ones and you have prescription ones, right? So the over the counter ones are mm, the energy gates, energy gates, heaven <laughs> and earth and gods. Right. Okay. And the prescription ones are spiraling and bend the bow. And quite honestly, if you don't have access to Bruce, I don't know how you're going to get the postures. I mean, I, I've been doing it for 30 years. I don't have the slightest clue how to do it. <laughs> I mean, so. Um, how to assign postures to someone. Yeah. I um, mean, doesn't he always say he looks at all your three Dantians or something? I've heard him say. He does say that, but it's something. I mean, I can. I, I know what it feels like to have him do it. So I can kind of relate to it on that end of it, but how you would do that to someone, I don't, like I said, have the foggiest notion how you would turn that into a posture. You would have to, you would, you know, I mean, it's, you would have to do what he did, which is someone would have to show you this set of three, this posture, this set of three, this posture. Right. And, and unless someone, takes you through that i just don't think it's possible and that right. was that was part of the training that he did with the iguan dao hey folks isaac here uh hope you enjoyed that uh if you want to hear the entirety of the uh discussion on the spinal energy body go to our patreon page uh there, there's that plus much more uh check out the instagram for images to go along with the episodes like and subscribe and tell a friend take care of yourself